You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. For Minnesota, Joel Erickson Eck and Kirill Kaprizov, one for Vancouver, JT Miller. Those 10 goals scored as a new franchise record for Minnesota. Battle of Division leaders, Bruins beat the Stars 4-3 in a shootout. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning and welcome into a Tuesday edition of Inside the Locker Room 205-342-9904 is the phone number if you'd like to get in on the show with us this morning. The X accounts at Locker Room 109 at Barry Sanderson at Wimp Sanderson 1 and our email address for the show is wimpandberry at yahoo.com. Also download the Tide 100.9 app to your smartphone. You can take us with you anywhere you go if it it's that time of year again. The honeydew list is growing, Justin. The projects are adding up. The time is right to build that new fence, deck, pergola you've been dreaming about. And there's no better product to build with than Yellowwood brand, pressure treated pine. Yellowwood offers the best protection from rot, fungal decay, and termite attacks. So you know your project will last for years to come. Head on down to that local dealer and always remember if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, then believe me. You don't want to. We got Justin Jones behind the glass. Nick Saban was in Birmingham. Uh, I think Terry called him off the stage. So he's going to get sick of that real fast. He tried to end his press conference and they had things to do. So <laughs> I'm sure he's not used to that. Usually he has an SID helping him do those things, but a lot of changes again with his staff. And, uh, so we'll talk about all that this morning. Good morning, dad. How are you this morning? Uh, doing okay, Barry. Hanging in there, I guess. Uh, several different things. Well, last night, uh, most of you don't realize that the great coach at the University of Virginia has in basketball. They got tramped last night by Virginia Tech, 75 to 41. His dad was a the coach. They're very good defensively. Uh, not, a, I guess, not an upset, but the, the score was a pretty big upset score. Uh, Houston continued to play well, and they beat. Uh, a very good Iowa State team who's uh, really gotten, um, I think, a lot better. I'll talk about the SEC in just a minute. For whatever reason, Arizona is hiring the female athletic director from Missouri. I guess she had a decision to make as to what to do with Missouri basketball coach. But anyway, uh, the lady is going to be the new athletic director at, uh, at Arizona. Um, I guess it's because of the weather. Uh, in another lady's, uh, situation, the, they have a new lady who is going to be over the Pac-12. There ain't much to Pac-12. But Washington State and Oregon State got together with their presidents and selected her. Her name is Teresa Gould, Z-O-U-L-D, as the new commissioner. I don't know what she's the commissioner of, but they say it's the Pac-12. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Rick Pitino is disgusted with basketball, disgusted with St. John's basketball, disgusted with everything. Uh, the team is 88 down the drain, whatever. It's quite unusual for his teams to be playing like that. Chris Christian Robertson, Robinson, pardon me, uh, from Baylor is going to be the new outside linebacker coach at Alabama. Uh, William Engel, uh, whether I pronounced it or not correctly, uh, 
was coming to Alabama, had already set to go to Alabama, got an offer from the University of Tennessee, and decided at the last minute that he would go to Tennessee, and Christian Robinson is taking his place uh, in that position there. Um, outside of that, uh, tonight uh, you've got two basketball games that uh, you know are, are fairly interesting, no doubt about it. Uh, not quite as interesting as the ones tomorrow, I guess. But Arkansas, who is, I talked to some Arkansas people last night, is at Texas A&M. Uh, I would say 10.5-point favorite. I believe they are something like 11.5 on ESPN at 6 o'clock. And uh, that'll probably be a, I don't know, I won't say. Tennessee will be at Missouri. Missouri's not one. A game almost beat Ole Miss, got beat by one point in the Ole Miss game. Tennessee is there at the same time on the SEC network. And and uh, we have now we're down to some teams have six games left to play, Alabama does, and some teams have five games to play. Florida's at Alabama tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, it should be uh, a decent game. Georgia's at Vanderbilt, uh, not much of a game there, 7.30 on the SEC Network. And Kentucky is at LSU at 8 o'clock. And again, at 8 o'clock, Ole Miss is at Mississippi State and an in-state rival there. So those are the things that have happened. I'm sure I've left out some stuff, B, but uh, we're having Wendell Hudson on at 8.15, who's moved to Texas, uh, known known, uh, throughout the basketball world. Uh, around our place as being one of the great players to play at Alabama. Outside of that, we welcome your phone calls and questions and whatever you want to ask us about anything. We don't know everything, but we know a little. That's it. All right, yeah, Kevin Skarbinski, uh, Justin, yeah, will I'm join sorry. us at 730 yeah. if we could put that on the Twitter machine as well. Uh, uh, X, X or whatever you call it. Um yeah, so William Inge, uh, I guess he was never formally announced. He was, uh, coming from Washington and now he's going to Tennessee. Pretty much it looks like the coach linebacker is kind of the same job he had here. Is that concerning to you at all? I mean, I, they never announced him as a hire, but to go to Tennessee, which is not nearly as good a program as Alabama to lose a guy to Tennessee. What, what does that say? Here's my thinking on it. Uh, Joe Blow gets hired as a, as a certain position at Alabama. A guy gets hired. Uh, the guy looks at the salary of the guy that is going to be the new offensive to whatever. His wife looks at it. Uh, he gets his contract. His contract is not in line probably with the other contract that he thought would get. Tennessee offers him a lot more money. Uh, he thinks Tennessee's good, I guess. And so I think I think behind the scenes we see things that happen with families where they they compare salaries. They just do. Uh, I'm not positive I'm answering your question, but I think that has something to do with it. If, if they're going to pay him that, and they're going to pay me this, and Tennessee's going to pay me this, there's a chance I should leave. Tennessee's good too, so that's what they're thinking there. Uh, by the way, last night with Incarnate Ward and. Um, Texas A&M Sunday about this deal. They shook hands when the game was over and a brawl broke out. And they had a knockdown drag out. The shake hands, I, you know, I'm, I don't know about the shaking hands after a game. It's, it's a phony deal. 
uh, the coaches sometimes who like each other and know each other and can handle it. I think it's. I think I'm probably dead wrong, but I think it's shaking hands crap. Uh, sometimes I wonder if that's really <laughs> the best way to do it. Anyway, they have knock down drag out. Yeah, it's uh, in high school basketball. They uh, they bring the captains together. They talk whatever, and then they bring the coaches together, and they. Same thing every game. Are your team's properly and legally equipped? I don't even know what that means. I say yes every time. They, some guys will say, all right, here's the coaching box. Stay within the box. Hey, don't yell. If you got a question, we'll talk with you, whatever. In the end, I never know what to say to the kid. Do you say good luck? You don't really want to wish them good luck because, I mean, you don't want to help them to play good that particular game. What? what? What, what do you say? Uh, as you, I usually say good luck, but I don't really mean good luck because I hope they no. miss every shot they take that particular night. I had nothing personal. I just don't want them to have good luck. Oh, do that it before night. the game? Yeah, yeah. Oh, corn pone. Well, you go with the officials and they ask certain questions they ask you. And, okay, well, uh, whatever. I'll have somebody call in and disagree with me. Uh, now, <sighs> You know, you got like Inge and uh, Grub and the line coach. What was that line coach's name, uh, Justin? He wasn't here long enough for me to learn his name. Scott. Huff. Now, I don't, I don't mean this the wrong way, uh, but when you're when you live, a lot of people like Jenny's never left Tuscaloosa. She's born here. She's never left here. She doesn't know there's anything else outside of Tuscaloosa. But I mean, she's traveled obviously and seen things, but she's never lived anywhere. You don't know any more state. Um. Uh, the, uh, Justin, where are you from? You're from Greensboro. Ah, uh, you're from Greensboro. All right. So, and you, so Tuscaloosa is like a pretty big city for you. Uh, from coming from Greensboro, do you think it's hard? I think it's hard for guys that have been living in Seattle, Washington, with all the stuff going on in Seattle. Uh, you got pro sports. It's a big city. It's a lot going on to move to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I mean, I think that is a culture shock for these guys coming from the from Seattle. The Tuscaloosa. Do you think it has something to do with these guys? Like, I mean, I understand Grubb's going to the NFL. That line coach is going that. I think Knoxville's a pretty big city. You got to Tuscaloosa is kind of a small town, right? Do you think guys and their wives say we're moving where? Oh, it's just it's a stir up, son. We're moving Tuscaloosa, right. Alabama. Yeah, I just it's, get a I just get a text just now that says Alabama is expected to hire the guy, which I've already announced from Baylor, who has a long history at Auburn. Yeah, he's, but I don't know. There, I don't know football. Uh, like we hired a tight ends coach from Georgia Southern. Now I'm sure the guy's an excellent coach and coaching is coaching, but recruiting is different at different levels. It is cutthroat in the SEC, especially now, uh, with the NIL and all that. And so you would hope that that when they hire, when they hire people, you would say, that guy's a recruiter, man. Uh, cause you gotta have, do they have enough? I guess Gillespie and Roach know the score. Do they have enough guys that know the score? And we don't know this, uh, in SEC recruiting, how cutthroat it can be. I would doubt very seriously that they do. And this is not a knock on the new head coach. I think he's a very nice guy. I'm going to do a good, as good a job as anybody can do, which is never going to be perfect because there's not a perfect guy there. But I do think that, uh, that they don't really see the state of Washington. You go against Utah and some people and, uh, there'll be occasion somebody comes up to Washington and tries to steal somebody from the state. But I think uh, they're homegrown pretty much up there. I think it's just, I think it's uh, just what I, 
what Coach did was a smart thing to do. If a, if a, if a cotton picker can't recruit, I don't care how well he can coach. He ain't got nobody to coach. So you better, uh, I had a question. I had a, a, a thing on Mobile yesterday. They wanted me to tell them about the new uniforms at Alabama. And I stood out, took my grass. I said, oh, the, the pants were fine. But let me tell you something. I'm interested in who's in the britches. And who's, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not interested in the britches. I'm not interested in what the top. I'm interested in who's in the cotton-picking britches. Yeah, Justin, do you agree with me that it's the move from Seattle, Washington to Tuscaloosa, Alabama is a culture shock, right? You're right, and I can speak from experience having moved from Alaska to Tuscaloosa. Okay. Um, I went to Ketchikan. Yeah, well, Alaska, Tuscaloosa. Go ahead, Alaska, Tuscaloosa. That's a big... That's a, it is a culture shock. I mean, growing up in a southern family, obviously I'm able to fit in. But for these guys that have been in Seattle, their families have been in Seattle. I mean, even politically being in Seattle, yeah, you're on the other side of not only the country but everything. I think uh, weather, it's a lot warmer here. <laughs> well, You're not, the, you're not impressed the, that I went to catch a can with Jimmy Ryan? And these people, I don't want to be disrespectful because I'm from Alabama, but they look at – the education in Alabama, and they said we're gonna move our kids over there. They're like 49th in the country in education. We're gonna we're gonna move to Tuscaloosa. So I don't, you know, I know everybody around here is all thinks Alabama football is the end all, uh, and it is around here. But the people coming from Seattle, Washington, they're having to back their wives off a cliff a little they're, bit. They're, they're going. They don't even have a lottery in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lottery. We're where are we going to go watch some pro sports? We're going to have to go to Atlanta. Coach, did, uh, did you go salmon fishing up in Ketchikan? Yeah. Mm, uh, How about this one? I know Barry don't want to hear it. We went out in float planes. Uh, Pat and Stalin's all went out in float planes, and they, they dropped us off there. Then they came back to get us. Yeah. And uh, it was a big deal. You can't hide money. You can't hide it. It must have been with Jimmy Rain, because I know you I was, I was with Jimmy Rain. Oh, yeah. The biggest problem was, what's his name at Georgia? Uh, has passed away. Vince uh, Dooley? Dooley, he wanted the boat with the food on it to always come to his boat first. Oh, he liked, he liked to eat? Yeah, he liked to eat. All right. We'll take a break here. We got Tom holding. I'm just saying... You better have some cutthroat recruiters. I coach, and people look, well, what was Michigan State's line? How many yards they run? But guys, look, I mean, coaching ain't that hard. Uh, I do it. I mean, it, it helps. You got to handle them. But you got to handle the players, and these Southern guys are different. Uh, now, Alabama's recruiting national, and you got to get the Jimmies and Joes. Uh, the Jimmies and Joes. Or the key. Put them uniforms. Uh, yeah, what's in the uniform? Just looking at how many yards they rush because the guy was the offensive line coach and this, that, and the other. Okay, whatever. All right, two minutes truck there at 1330 Martin Road East. That's where you go pick up the boxes, the packing supplies, whatever you need to make this a smooth move. It's local, out of town, out of state. Let the professionals handle it. They'll take great care of you and your stuff. Give them a call today for the free estimates. 205 247 Men in a truck, movers who care. Tide 100.9 traffic. 
Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. Expect a seven or eight minute drive both directions on 2059 between the I-359 interchange and Skyland Boulevard. Road work in Northport taking place along northbound 43 at Flatwoods. Left turn lane is being blocked there. A little impact on traffic though and no major problem spots as far as big accidents on the board at least for now into and out of the area. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Tuesday morning. Northport Council member Jamie Dykes was the lone dissenting vote on the planned $350 million University Lagoon project approved at last night's council meeting. With an overflow crowd in attendance, the meeting became chippy as many residents opposed the project. Some of the crowd did not necessarily oppose the project but are concerned about the... Rep- We're not alone. You always have a place at MAD. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another nice day today with blue sky and sunshine, the high 63. Clear tonight, the low 38. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high 69. Thursday, increasingly cloudy, the chance of a shower by afternoon, the high Thursday, 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 30 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Find Tide on Twitter at Tide 109 to keep up with show announcements, guests, and our reporters in the field. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Yellow wood, pressure treated pine from Great Southern Wood. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. Coach Kosloff over at uh, Northridge just sent me a text that the, he's uh, keeps our clock during the game. Great, great guy. Uh, the Lady Jags softball team uh, will have their season. I might get out there and catch a little softball today at 5 p.m. against ACA. So get out. Uh, he's uh, doing a great job there. I think it's their first uh, game there. So. Uh, ACA will take on the Northridge Jaguars. They got a nice little field out there at Northridge as well. So, uh, we'll get out there and watch some stop. All right, to the Yellowwood Hotline and bring Tom in. Good morning, Tom. Hey, Tom. Morning, Barry. Morning, Coach. I, I, I cannot believe what I'm hearing this morning on this radio. Uh oh. Well, what we do now? It is absolutely, Coach. I can't believe you tolerated this conversation. <laughs> They have the shortest memories of anybody in the history of radio. Now, here I go. Yesterday, we had the all-time great, wonderful Coach Stallings on, and first thing out of his mouth was what? He better know what he's getting into when it comes to the SEC. Yep. And then after that, it come to my mind, the equally great Coach Wimp. Anderson has always said, and you need to call over there to the athletic department and drop this little pearl that you put on us all the time. You ready for it? Yeah. A jackass never won the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Have you got that? Now, yeah, the second thing one. about uh, their wife don't want to come to Tuscaloosa. Wrong answer. Here's the wife. Not the wrong answer. Not the wrong answer. I'm speaking for the wife. The wife says, honey, does Ben Franklin live in Tuscaloosa? Hubby goes, yeah. 
He comes by every two weeks. And she said, what does he bring? He said, a hell of a lot more than he's bringing now. She said, let's go. <laughs> they said, where's the closest Apple store? We got one a block from here. Oh, you got to go all the way to the summit to get yeah, to the Apple store. com and a government agent will bring it right to you, baby. And they say, have you seen those women hair over there in Alabama? Where am I going to get my hair done? Where am I going to get my hair at, done? Well, honey, we'll do you so many ways, <laughs> you'll have to light one up. Look at that education. Little Johnny's just in the fourth grade. He's he going to be Home dumb. school, baby. Home school. <laughs> and they still got to let you play softball. Now, now Tom, once they get here, all right, and they stay here for a little while. They realize it's a pretty good place. But coming in eh, from Seattle, Washington, or Dallas, Texas, or these big cities, I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Well, here, here's what here's what happens, Tom. Did you see the, the husbands? City? The husbands you- recruit. They recruit and coach. They go over that nice plush facility, and they're working all the time. They're not left to deal with all these behind the scenes things that that the wives are. So you just got to make sure the wives are okay, uh, Tom, or either be single. That would help. Be single. Here's what, here, here's what I'm gonna say to the wives. If it was good enough for the first lady of football, Miss Terry, you'll you'll survive, honey. You'll survive. I'll tell you that right now. Now, I want to move on to a different subject. Since I pointed out all the errors of that. uh, Why did Miss Terry buy a mansion uh, down in Florida? Huh? If the place was so great, why did she build a mansion down in Florida? Work work hard. Work hard, work hard, do your homework, honey. You can get one of these, too. <laughs> there, you there you go. All right, what else you got, Tom? Yesterday, uh, I, I called into one of the shows on the station there, and I wanted to discuss the failure of uh, Justin Thomas at Riviera over the weekend. And I started down a road of what I observed. I listen, my intelligence is guided by experience, Okay. And and I started down the road of what I thought was the reason he missed the cut, and and I, I and I pointed out that the problem that Justin has when Tiger Woods is around is hero worship. He's got to get off of that. Tiger shows up and he's like he had his hat off. He was looking around like a deer in the headlights. He was so scared that people were not going to notice that him and Tiger are friends. He's got to get away from that hero worship. It's costing him money. He's got to say to us, if Tiger is here to take my money, I cannot have it. And and then when I said that, I got a history on what Tiger Woods has done over the course of time like I didn't know that. I mean, what in the world? Don't you agree with me, though, the problem that Justin has is hero worship of Tiger Woods? Well, I think uh, I think part, you know, I, mean, I think it does excite him. I do think that his putter has left him, and I don't think he he uh, he has too much pride to to ask his caddies very good uh, a little bit about the putting as far as the break in the in the 
Putt's concerned, in my opinion. You don't think it's hero worship? Well, I think something. It may be. It may, it may be. Get, he gets excited because the crowd there is so much bigger. When, as you know, the thousands of them left when Tiger got sick with the flu. But I, I think I think you're correct in, in saying that the crowd may have an effect a little bit on it. Shouldn't, but I, maybe it does uh, on it. I don't. I don't. I don't know the answer to that. But I do think it's. His putter has not left him. Has left him a little bit on a consistent basis. Do you think he's uh, giddy because he's playing with Tiger, uh, not concentrating time? What are you saying? Watching? Did you watch him at all on at Riviera? Yeah, I, you know, I thought Dad had a good point when Tiger left. I think that was distracting uh, to him. They're probably. But, they're but not, did you see his? Did you see his body language and his expression yeah, when Tiger thought, was yeah. around? Yeah, and of course, what you're saying is, I thought the week before he played pretty good. Uh, to be quite honest with you, uh, yeah, it, it, Tiger wasn't there. Yeah, maybe, maybe something to it. You know, they are buddies, and does he want everybody to know they're buddies? No, 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 it's more than that. It's yeah. more, he wants the world to know that he's buddies with Tiger, and he gets lost in trying to project that and forgets why he's there. Could be. What's wrong with Nick Dunlap? Just, just not enough experience. Yet. Nerve, yeah. nerve, yeah. nerve. He was playing yeah, well. There. He was playing well. He's oh, yeah. sitting there three yeah. under, going into number eight, yeah. and then yeah. made I, a double and a bogey. I think coach, the tell you this. Coach, first round don't make it. Yeah. Yeah. On the way out there, on the way out there, he was reading over the things about Riviera, who always played there, the history, all that kind of stuff. Then he got down to the part that it said the first. For the Genesis Invitational this weekend is fifty million dollars, and uh, there's a select group of players that's going to be playing with a small cut. And he got to looking at that money. He got to thinking. Well, you know, my cut out there might be this, and if it does, I might can buy this car. Oh, you know, I saw a house I like, and 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 all that gets on his mind. And then when he gets out there on the green. It's still on his mind, and his left wrist tightens up. Those muscles that go up to your elbow, they tighten up, and you start pulling every foot. Wow. Well, maybe time will fix it. I hope it does. I'm pulling for him. Thank you, Tom. All right, buddy. Take care. All right. Uh, let's talk about Bob Prince and Prince and Glover and Hayes before we get to Kevin. Prince, Glover, and Hayes, attorneys, that if you have a problem with uh, being injured, whether, whether the accident was caused by some carelessness by somebody, or whether somebody comes at you in a way on the highways that uh, shouldn't have shouldn't have happened, Prince Glover and Hayes will visit with you on telephone three four five one two three four. After that visit, if they decide that you have a complaint and that you're all concerned about something that can be rectified, you go by seven hundred one Ricevine Road. You visit with them in person. They will represent you in the right way, and as Barry says every time. If they don't uh, prove that they're a winner, then they're not going to charge you. So Prince Glover and Hayes, outstanding attorneys, good people. I know been knowing Bob, played golf with him all my life. Three four five one two three four. Prince Glover and Hayes. PrinceLaw.net is the website. I always remember, as I said, they don't win. Sure, I'm pulling them off. Twenty four seven U.S. based customer service. It pays to discover. Limitations apply. Learn more at discover.com/slash/credit-card. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. 
Welcome back to Inside the Locker. You want to build a five-star backyard? Only one choice. That's Yellowwood. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that's closest to you. And always remember, as we always say, if it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. Or get to the Yellowwood hotline. It's Tuesday. He's a, a freelance writer, writes for the Birmingham Lead, AL.com. Uh, we'll be busy next week with the uh, high school stuff going on up at Legacy Arena. Uh, Kevin Skarbanski. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Morning. Good. Good morning, fellas. I'm good. How are you? Uh, we're good. Uh, Kevin, we 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 don't know about uh, Coach DeBoer's uh, staff. It seems to be a lot of guys coming and going. I don't know if these guys have been getting paid or, or what, but they did lose a guy to Tennessee yesterday. They lost a couple of guys uh, to the Seattle Seahawks, which which you do understand. Um, you know, and we had Gene Stallings on yesterday, and he kept emphasizing they better have some guys that know how to recruit. They better know how to recruit. The SEC is tough. Uh, is, does he have enough guys here, in your opinion, that understand how cutthroat this SEC is in recruiting? You can get in the final five or final three, but getting that signature is really, really cutthroat at the end. Does he have enough guys that, that have been through these SEC recruiting wars on this staff? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, you can, you can wonder about that, certainly, because everything about coaching in the SEC, especially coaching football in the SEC, is just different. It just is. And it's not something that you can, you can pick up in a couple of months, you, you have to experience it. Yeah. You know, people can tell you about it. They can give you the greatest advice in the world. And, and Kalen DeBoer has no one better to help him understand the way things work here than Nick Saban. But again, until you've gone through it, until you've experienced it, until you've recruited against guys like Kirby Smart and, and the Georgia staff, um, it's just Lane Kiffin and the old Miss staff. You know, you can go on and on. It's just different. And, it, you know, you got to wonder. I mean, he, according to reports, he's hired a couple of guys off the Baylor staff, the offensive line coach, um, uh, the linebackers coach to replace the guy who went to Tennessee, who had been with Kalen DeBoer for years uh, as co-defensive coordinator, linebackers coach. So it, it does make you wonder – how how good this staff is going to be? How is it going to come together? This is you know it's guys from here, guys from there, guys from everywhere. Um, it, it's going to be different, and it's going to take those time those guys time to really understand what they're what they're up against. Yeah, that. Well, there's not really a person that can come in and please everybody. The fourth game of the season is against Georgia, and Alabama has been good against Georgia. Also, been very fortunate against Georgia. People don't like to hear that, but they have. Field goal hits uh, hits crossbar and uh, get a five yard penalty, whatever. Uh, but anyway, uh, if something happens that Georgia comes into Tuscaloosa and beats Alabama, um, the yakety yak will start. Uh, how long? How, I don't know whether really what kind of question I really want to answer. answer the feel of the I think he's done a good job of of, of presenting himself. I, I really do. Uh, how long before the yakety yak starts after the Georgia loss if they were to lose? 
Uh, they'll be yakety yak before that. They'll be yakety yak during fall camp. They'll be yakety yak during spring practice. Uh, okay. You know, depending on how how the spring game goes, uh, there will be yakety yak during you know when it's during the next transfer portal window. You know, that's that's the nature of Alabama football. People are a lot of people are watching and they're watching very very closely. So he, you know, it's it's unfair in many ways. Uh, in some ways, it is fair. He, he's going to be compared. Everything that happens to this team is going to be compared to the last team, to last season's team, to you know the entire Nick Saban era on how things went. People people will forget that they they trotted out as a convenient uh, parallel when something doesn't go right. But you know people tend to forget that Nick Saban went seven and six in his first year in Tuscaloosa until he got. Until he got things right on the staff, he didn't get his staff right off the bat. You know, Major Applewhite was not really ready to be a uh, an offensive coordinator, and he wasn't Nick's first choice. He wasn't his second or third or fourth choice, if I recall. But he didn't get that staff right right off the bat, and he didn't get his system, his way of doing things, guys buying into the system. He didn't get that 100% walking in the door. Took him a while. At least, well, it took him a year, which is not very long. But I, I wonder if I don't, you know, if, is Kalen DeBoer going to get at least a little bit of a grace period, or are people going to be furious if they lose to Georgia? As you said, every time they lose a game, is is there going to be doubt about his ability to get the job done? You know, how do they look? Do they do they look disjointed on offense? Well, they look disjointed on offense for the first month at least last year. Uh, do, is the defense, uh, as, as strong as it was last year? Or are they giving up 40, uh, points at, on occasion like they did a couple of years ago? You know, it's all going to come down to not just the bottom line, but what does it look like? What do the details look like in getting to the final score of each game, for example? And that, and, and there's going to be tremendous scrutiny. And, and that's something we really don't know about Kalen DeBoer, at least on surface is how does he respond to adversity? Because he's had a pretty, you know, he would probably say differently because he spent so much, so many years um, at Sioux Falls, but he's had a pretty meteoric rise in the in the uh, football bowl subdivision. He hasn't been a head coach in the FBS very long. He's had a lot of success, especially the last two years at Washington. How's he going to handle it if uh, if they struggle early, if they lose a couple of games you know, in the in the first half of the season, if they're not in SEC championship contention in November, you know they were they were right up to the you know they were right there the last two years at Washington in in the national picture. So, how does he handle some adversity if it hits? And un, and undoubtedly it will hit in some way at some time. Uh, if you were Kevin DeBoer, this sounds strange that the football coach would go to the basketball coach. But when Nate Oates was hired, people said, can he recruit down here? He's uh, from, I think, Michigan. He's been up in New York. He's got a different accent. This is different here. Obviously, it's been a home run hire. He's come in and proven uh, that he recruits not only uh, really well for Alabama. He's a great national recruiter. Uh, if you're Kalen DeBoer, would you sit down with him and say, hey, man, what? <laughs> tell me kind of how you attacked this thing early and what did you learn? You seem to be uh, recruiting at a very, very high level. You're winning at a high level. What did you figure out here over the last several years? Would you do that if you were Coach DeBoer? I think that's an excellent suggestion. 
Uh, it probably hasn't happened already because Nate's in the middle of his season, well, in going into the home stretch of his season. But he, he's a, a perfect resource to tap to ask how he did that. As you said, you know, he doesn't have – he didn't have SEC experience. He had never coached or recruited in this part of the country. Uh, hadn't been – you know, hadn't been in a uh, Power 5 league or Power 6 in basketball as, as it was – because you got to include the Big East in that. Um, so, you know, he found a way. He recruited to his system. He he also came up with some creative ways. Uh, he shared one. At, he spoke to, to us at the Birmingham Tip-Off Club a week ago, and he shared one creative way. One, you know, he's all. You know, he loves numbers. He's a, he's an analytics guy. He's a math guy, former math teacher, and he shared one unique thing that they did to show that their program develops players. And it was really fascinating. I don't, I had never heard him say this before. He may have said it before in, you know, in private talks or, or behind the scenes, but, and I, I can't really, I don't feel like I can go into detail, but it was just really fascinating. And it told me that, you know, they are very creative in finding ways to sell the program to recruits. You guys will remember I mean, it was a recruiting poster that almost created itself when Alabama, after all these players started in football, started going to the NFL and they started signing these big contracts. Well, they started tabulating, you know, uh, under Nick Saban, Alabama players have signed contracts worth, you know, seven, $1 billion, whatever it was. Yeah. And it was very effective. It was the kind of thing that, you know, would get the attention of recruits and their families. And, and the, the stat that Nate Oates and his staff came up with that they use in recruiting is, is similar. It's again, it's not that, but it's not that specific, not those facts, but, or not that subject, but it was very, very effective. It was, it was along those same lines. It was similar to that, shall we say. Well, um, the main, the main that shows guys, that, it shows guys that they are developing players. Yeah. Go <clears throat> that. Well, the main thing for both of you is that the recruiting has changed, and also there's a money market out there, and Alabama is in yes. is, is top of the very league in money marketing. I, I can tell you personally, I won't say Alabama, but I, they're uh, that one of the teams that's fighting Alabama has three million dollars uh, to give basketball people. So I, I think uh, they may. I think the biggest thing is they made good selections. Uh, I'm sure the analytical stuff and all the numbers is, is big and can show somebody that you're going to get to shoot a lot of threes. But behind that scene, if somebody offers you $500,000 more than the other person, you may, you may, you may get that guy or you, whatever. It's interesting when both and Nate talked about that last week and Bruce Pearl, uh, was with us yesterday at the tip off club and he talked about that. Yeah. He said Auburn is in basketball. And their NIL uh, fund or whatever that, that they're collecting, he said they're about middle of the pack in the SEC. Okay. He said, that, and he said, hey, I, I was trying to, I, I'll, I'll throw it out to you guys, see if you can. He said, there are teams, he said, there are team or teams that spent heavily, uh, much more than Auburn, for example, in the last year, and they've taken a jump up in the standings. And I was trying to think who he was talking about. Um, I mean, South Carolina is the one that comes to mind that jumped up in the standings, certainly, from last year. But I don't know what they're, I, I don't know I don't what they're in that situation. They gave you a whole lot, but I do think. I don't know if, that. yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't resonate with me, but 
he he did say he didn't say who the school was, yeah. but he said there was somebody that that they they jumped up in the standings as, as in part because they spent some they spent a good amount of money right. on NIL. Change in basketball recruiting and people don't seem to realize. Yeah, but I've been saying it has, but he's been recruiting well before the NIL. Uh, anyway, it, I think they. They've done a good job, as he said, selecting the right guys. Some guys have money and uh, don't like Memphis has spent a lot of money, but they just got a hodgepodge together up there. I mean, they spent money to get mm-hmm. Quinterly up there, but you got to get the right pieces together that that mesh, and you got to be able to handle them. I don't know that uh, some people that spend the money, Kevin. I, I don't think Memphis knows how to handle their guys. Uh, just just talk about that for a minute. Well, uh, look and. Penny Hardaway was a great player, but he has not been a great coach. And, you know, I know there's a lot of grumbling in Memphis about the job he's done, the job he hasn't done. You know, they've lost six out of nine games. And and I can tell you, I saw them play UAB here in Birmingham at the end of January. They've got talent. They've got, they, they've got guys that look good, run, you know, when they get out on the break, you know, running and jumping. I mean, they've got, they've got athletes that remind me of, some of the guys that you used to have on a regular basis, Wimp, when you were the Alabama head coach, they, they've got talented guys, but they just don't seem to mesh. There was, and you know, you can over, you can overanalyze things. There was a play, uh, clearly was throwing a pass. He had just crossed half court and he was throwing a, a cross, uh, cross court pass, uh, to a teammate and another, a trailing big man. Who is like two steps ahead? Stopped, reached back, thought the ball was for him. I don't know why he thought that, and he deflected the ball and it went out of bounds. And the look on Quinterly's face—he trudged, and, and that's the exact right word. He didn't run back down the court on defense. He didn't jog. He trudged back down the court and just shook his head and had his, the most disgusted look on his face. Like you know, what are we doing here? He didn't play particularly well in that game. He got he got outplayed by Eric Gaines, uh, the LSU transfer, and plays point guard at UAB. But, yeah, something's missing there, obviously. They got beat by SMU by 27 points Sunday. It was the fun. Guys, if you haven't seen it, the funniest picture. Former President George W. Bush <laughs> was in the stands. I thought he was a baseball guy. He, of course, he was, used to be a co-owner of the Texas Rangers. He's in the stands at the SMU Coliseum. He's wearing this massive chain around his neck with this giant uh, SMU pony medallion, and he is smiling and dancing. He's having the best time, and, and uh, you know, so things have gone from uh, from bad to worse for Memphis. They're in they're tied for sixth place in the league. They're two and a half games behind UAB. UAB's got to go up there in uh, early March. But do we lose Kevin? That was quick. We just lost him there. Uh, yeah, talk about that a minute, Dad. I mean, Memphis has put together a collection, but sometimes you just bring a bunch of guys from a bunch of different environments, and you got to be able to handle them. It doesn't seem like Penny Hardaway. Uh, Rick Stansbury looks miserable up there. Well, you've got, the you know, you've got, you know, you've got to, you've got to get better players with a good selection that can play the way you want them to play, and then you got to coach them when they get there. As far as as far as making them. You don't have to, once you get them there and you're paying them big money, you know, I wouldn't pay anybody any money. Um, they got to like it or lump it. They got to play. And even though I don't care if the transfer rules in their effect or not, you got to get them to play the way they need to play. That's just me. I think it's, I think it's. 
I'm going to say to you, and, and well, Kevin's back on, yeah. that one of the reasons that Auburn, Auburn and, and Barry's hung up on the on the crowds at Auburn and how big they are, and that's great. That's big. They're big and everything. But if you're not careful, the crowds are going to make you cute and make you play cute and make you throw it behind your back or miss dumps or, or play the way so the crowd will holler. I, I think you have to be careful with that. That's just me. You know, hey, Wimp, a perfect example of that, <clears throat> KD Johnson, you know, who's, who's in his, what, 12th year of college basketball team? <laughs> yeah, uh, for Auburn. Like 32. <laughs> yeah, he played at Georgia. Now he's been at Auburn for a while. He, uh, I think he played for Hugh Durham. <laughs> he might have. He plays with so much emotion, too much, uh, too too often. And the, crowd, and the crowd feeds into that in their gym, no doubt. And and so he makes he gets he tries to do too much. You know he's not a great outside shooter. He'll pull up on a fast break from three. Uh, he's not even a great finisher at the rim, but he'll take it. He'll take it. You know against he'll try to score over three guys uh, when when th- when they're on a roll. And and it can that can disrupt your momentum as much as it can add to it. So yeah, that there is something. And you see the there are players. Dylan Cardwell is another one. They're big man off the bench who plays to the crowd who yeah. who interacts with the crowd and, and that's fun and that can be a positive but it also can go the other way uh other way too yeah and the exact opposite of that to me is mark sears uh he lets yeah. the game come to him he waits he doesn't force anything they're guarding him early but they eventually leave him open he takes very few shots only the ones that are open he, he's a great drive the fact that he's not up for the koozie award or even player of the year in the country I don't even know how that happens. This guy's phenomenal to me, uh, Kevin. This guy, uh, does, does all the opposite things of what y'all are talking about, KD Johnson. This guy just plays, uh, he does show some emotion, but in the right way, uh, but takes great shots. Uh, this guy, I think, should be the SEC player of the year, in my opinion. Your, your thoughts? I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think there's a more valuable player in the league. I think the way he has developed and improved his game, since he got to Tuscaloosa, has been really fun to watch. He has developed the ability to go to his right. He's he's obviously a left-hander, and and that's his strong side. But you know, and everybody shades him the other way. But he's proven the ability to take you know put the ball on the floor and take it to the basket with, uh, on the on the other side, his offside. You know, he's just and he just makes big shots and, and has become a he's become an automatic twenty-point a game guy. You yeah. just know you, you're going to get at least that from him no matter what. Uh, and, and it was interesting that, again, they don't have the confidence in him to call him out on defense, you know, a couple of weeks ago and, and say it was after the Auburn loss. Say, look, he's got to play better on defense. If they're going to get where they want to go, as good as he's been on offense and he's been outstanding, he's got to step up more on the other end of the floor. And, and obviously he had confidence that Mark would react in the, in the right way to that. And the way they played as a team – the last couple of games indicates that he was right. Well, the team has gotten better because the money is Ole Miss. Uh, that, but, ah, there you go. Out. There you go. That, that's uh, that. That makes sense to me. That makes well. There's another, and there's another example. And of course, there were other factors at play here. But Alan Flanagan leaves Auburn, and he goes to Ole Miss. He's you know he's their second leading scorer. He's playing thirty something minutes a game. He's their leading rebounder. So individually, it's been a great move for him, but, you know, his team is 6-6 six and six in the SEC. 
Meanwhile, Auburn's you know a couple of games ahead, and they're they're you know up in the top three or four in the league. So you know everyone, and then Namari Burnett, he goes to Michigan. He's playing a lot more. He's he's getting more opportunities, but they're in last place in the Big Ten. Well, there's two factors in all this stuff that Barry talks about and you talk about. Number one is your ability to select and the guys that can play for you, which Alabama's done. But secondly, uh, when when your assistant coach walks in there and says, now we can get this guy, this is the guy you want, but here's what we got to give. And, and we got to beat somebody else to get him. So those are the two factors that make your team better is your selection and your ability to give. Yeah, and, you know, and on the same subject, again, Bruce Pearl yesterday touched on it uh, in, in a way saying, you know, some coaches' philosophy is I've got 13 scholarships. I'm going to give out 13 scholarships. I'm going to get the 13 best players I can get and let them fight it out for playing time. And then, you know, but most coaches play about eight guys. And so you're going to have a handful of guys that think they should be playing more uh, sitting on the bench. Whereas if you mix in guys, and, you know, he, you know, and some coaches do this, they'll give out a scholarship to a walk on who works really hard, uh, you know, maybe mid season or during the season. And, and that, you know, you got to have guys, you got to have guys who are not going to, going to be a disruptive influence as much as possible if they're not playing 30 minutes a game. You know, you better, if they play better, in squads. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what you're saying is correct, but you better not be playing your best player inside that you need very badly 26 minutes. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, this is something there's so, you know, again, you guys know it better than anybody. There's so many factors that go into putting together a roster, keeping it together, uh, you know, keeping ego, you know, meshing egos, meshing skill sets. It, it really is, uh, it, it's fascinating. And I think it's more fascinating maybe in basketball than any other sport <clears throat> because you have a relatively, lim- you have a limited number of, of players on your roster. And now they can move freely. Now, now with the ability to move freely and transfer every year, that's another thing. <clears throat> how many people here, uh, how many Alabama fans do you think knew who Latrell Wrightful was before this year? He's been a tremendous pickup. Yeah. Think of, think of what he's done and being a secondary scorer and, you know, and <laughs> just, you know, and having some, he's got, you know, he's obviously a little more physical body, uh, playing defense, you know, just think of what, you know, has he's gotten, as he's meshed into the system and the team, it's, uh, he's been a great pickup, obviously. Well, Alabama announced a new contract for Nate Oates before the season's over, uh, just to keep the people away, or you think it'll, it'll stay the way it is, and then they'll just kind of figure it out at the end? That's a good question. Maybe I'll ask Greg Byrne. He's going to be at the tip-off club next week. <laughs> uh, with he's, he's going to be there with Martin Newton and Dr. Charles McClellan from the SWAC. You know, we've got three three guys from this state that are on the selection committee, the NCAA selection committee. Dr. McClellan is the chairman this year, so he'll be the one in the spotlight on Selection Sunday answering questions about why this team didn't get in, why that team did. Um, look, jobs are going – there's a great chance – Look, you may have Indiana, Louisville, Michigan. You could have some really big. But and if I'm, if you think Alabama shouldn't be a little nervous about Michigan, yeah. Um, given Nate Oates' roots, and again, I'm not saying Nate Oates would leave for Michigan. I have no idea. Uh, he really seems to like it here in Alabama, in Tuscaloosa. But there's big name programs out there. I see Bruce Pearl's name. You know, you just read. You know, you read stuff and you hear stuff. I hear Bruce Pearl's name thrown out there. He used to coach at Southern Indiana. Of course, had great success there early in his career as a head coach. 
you know, they're, they're going to be some big name programs looking for basketball coaches and they will have deep pockets to be able to throw at guys. So that's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, this saw the Arizona guy just got him a new contract. All right, Kev, tell everybody where they can find you, get all your great stuff. Yeah, best thing to do, follow me on Twitter, uh, slash X, at Kevin Skarbinski. I, I always include links to my Monday column in the Birmingham Lead, and you can go to BirminghamLead.com to subscribe to that daily. Uh, it's like a daily newspaper thrown into your email inbox. I also do a Thursday newsletter that appears on AL.com. You can subscribe to that. It's only $5 a month. And if you subscribe to the newsletter, you also get everything I write for the lead. And then I'm doing other freelance writing, other projects. So uh, follow me on Twitter and you'll be able to keep up. They talk Tide basketball. Don't miss the Crimson Tide basketball pregame show brought to you by Pritchett Moore Insurance. Tuscaloosa's best choice for business and personal insurance for 90 years. Alabama Crimson Tide lives right here. Tide 100.9. We want to thank Yellowwood, pressure treated pine from Great Southern Wood. They made this 7 o'clock hour possible. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want to take this top of the hour break. Phone lines will be open 205 342 So Wendell Hudson will join us at 815. Always uh, look forward to talking to. Wendell Hudson. You're listening to Tide 100.9, a.m. WTBC. It's the home of Alabama sports. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. In NASCAR, William Byron won the rain-delayed Daytona 500. The final lap was completed under a caution. It's his first Daytona 500 victory. His previous best finish was 21st. It's the ninth Daytona 500 win for Hendricks Motorsports. Uh, They are tied with Petty Enterprises for the most Daytona 500 wins in NASCAR history. NBA News, Brooklyn Nets fire head coach Jacques Vaughn after two-plus seasons with the team. Nets were 21-33 and this season, 11th place in the Eastern Conference. Assistant Kevin Ollie has been named interim head coach. Top 25 college basketball two ranked teams were in action. They played each other. Number two, Houston beat number six, Iowa State. 73-65 Cougars are now 23-3 and and in line for a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. NHL games of note, the Wild outscored the Canucks 10-7. Three players had hat-tricks in the game for Minnesota. Joel Eric can come and go, but the risk of stroke stays. If you have symptoms, tell a doctor. Visit notimetowait.com. Sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour of Inside the Locker Room. Andrew Knifer, he's my all-state insurance agent. Let him become yours. Don't just pay the bill. Know exactly what you're paying. You're looking for home, life, auto. You need an umbrella policy. Whatever you need, Andrew and his staff are right now ready to take care of you. 
1-800-926-0801. Andrew Kniffer, Allstate Insurance for all of your insurance needs. All right, get to the Andrew Kniffer hotline and bring Ricky into the show. Good morning, Ricky. Good morning, coaches. How y'all doing? We're good. good. How are you? I'm good. I had a quick uh, story for Coach Sanderson about uh, locking the keys in the car with it running. <laughs> about 35 years ago, I was living in Ski Lodge in Birmingham and working down in Jasper at Miller's same plant. Yep. And uh, I got to work one morning and walked in and was sitting in the crew shack. And a few minutes, a security guard come in and says, looking for Ricky. And I had me, he said, your truck's in the parking lot with the engine running and the stereo going wide open. Mm. Of course, well, I, didn't have, I didn't have a radio. I had my grandson with me, but I didn't have a radio on. I just... <laughs> I just did. I well, just thought I'd push the thing off and it did go off. So. Well, I know it was a honest mistake on your part. Mine was probably from the nightlife activities before. Yeah. No, I didn't have it in nightlife. I was yeah. <laughs> did you leave your car unlocked though? When you yours was locked. Dad, was your car unlocked or locked? No, my car was locked with the with yeah. the engine running. Hmm. Hey, I did want to tell Coach Sanderson, too. I, I called one time before, and we talked about our foot problem. Yeah. I got mine cured. What? They cut it off. Ooh. Oh, really? Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, for the pain that I was having for a year, I, I wouldn't take it back. I'm learning well, to I, live without I, I it. Mine's been going on almost eight, nine years, and it just killed right. me all the time. Well, but I, I ain't having it cut off. It, I mean, they're going to bury me, but I ain't having it cut off. <laughs> well, I'm going to get a prosthetic because I'm going to be walking again. But anyway, I love the show, and y'all have well, a great day. Thank you for calling. I appreciate you. you. Uh, I'm glad to find somebody as dumb as I am. How did you get in there and get your key, get the car? Get, yeah, oh, he's gone. Uh, so he, uh, if you guys, nobody's... If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, he went to the Alabama game and went up to the about nine thirty in the morning. Went up there to eat, and uh, about ten thirty, somebody said, "Coach, uh, I think your car is running out in the parking lot." So his car has been running. And Justin, uh, it's a nice running Toyota. So we'll talk to Justin tomorrow about that. Find out uh, exactly. But you did have your keys with you, so you did lock the car at least when you left. Oh, of course, I locked it. I locked the car. It was the best thing you got. Uh, do you lock your car, Justin? Do you lock it? <laughs> He's like, let me like I'm crazy. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't never go anywhere without locking my car. See, I've had my car broken into one time. Yeah. And it may or may not have been because I didn't lock my car. <laughs> so I go. lock it every time. All right, Coach. Let me tell you something. I've I, I got seven pair of pants, three sport coats from a wholesale place over in Asheville, Mississippi. Asheville, Alabama, great place. Sewell. Sewell Manufacturing Company. I went to the to Gadsden. I had my shoes in the trunk. And I went to a Gadsden tournament the next day after that. I lost everything I had bought. Everything except my shoes. Mm. Stole it? Yep. Hmm. All right. Uh, Coach Saban, uh, Dad's back in town. I don't know if he still is or not. I think he... When we, he was up in Birmingham, we'll play a couple of clips of him uh, speaking. I'm not sure who he was even speaking uh, to up there, but I, I think he's making a conscious effort to kind of stay away. Uh, I know what Coach sure. said about uh, I'm talking about DeBoer that he was, you know, going to lean on him. But I, I just it sounds good, but at the end of the day, I think uh, he he doesn't probably doesn't want to bother Coach, and Coach is not going to be calling you up and giving you. 
uh, advice, uh, and the people, everybody's been so worried about him being on game day and was he going to pick Alabama. You know the coach is not going pick to pick the games that Alabama's involved in. Uh, <laughs> well, that, the answer to all of this is the coach is not going to call Coach DeBoer. Right. DeBoer will be calling Coach. Yeah. Because he'll have a situation where I – and talk to this group. I'm not. I'm not understanding this group as far as the leader of this. You know stuff like that. But coach will be. Coach won't be calling him. But he, uh, coach the boy, he gets a chance. Uh, they're redoing his office. Somebody told me it's going to make it similar to the office that he's had. He ain't going to be in there much. And you're right. He's going to stay. He's going to stay away. And, yeah, and I don't think Coach DeBoer's. I mean, I think he wouldn't want to talk to him. Not that he doesn't have a. A uh, ton of respect for Coach Saban. I think sometimes you feel like you're bothering him, uh, and I, I don't think he's going to be calling him on a daily basis. Well, but people have to understand when when you say to to the public there is not a replacement for Coach, then then that's the answer. Uh, you know, you hear people say, "I think this guy be good. I think that guy be good. I think then what about this guy?" There's not a there's not a replacement for that. What he's doing. So you know, you you got. Bite the bullet. The guy, the guy's got a good head on his shoulders, and you know we don't know how he's going to react to losses and how he's going to react to wins. But I have a feeling he's going to react okay. Personally, all right. Let's hear what Coach said about how he envisions his future role Um, here. You know, there's not going to be much to that, but uh, here's what Coach had to say about that. Well, that's our home. That's our family. It's our community. Um, We're going to continue to do things to help the community every way that we can, and. the coaches all know that I'm available if they need me in any way, shape, or form to help them. Um, you know, I talk to Caitlin every now and then and talk to the defensive coordinator every now and then. He's going to come over and meet me, you know, this week sometime. So, you know, we're around. Uh, we're there to support the players and help them in any way that we can to help them be successful. Well, I think the defensive coordinator, uh, he's talking about Coach Womack. Out of respect, uh, you call Coach, say, hey, you mind if I run by and, 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 and meet with you, uh, Justin? I think that's just more out of res- respect. He kind of knows what he got the swarm, whatever that is. But, uh, I don't think it's going to be on a regular basis. This guy's going to be over there going to meet with Coach Saban. No, I think that's exactly how it's going to be. It, like you said, it's like Coach said, it's not Coach reaching out to them. It's going to be the other way around. And I think you'd be ridiculous if you're um, out coming in from out of the SEC and you're on campus in Tuscaloosa getting ready to be a coach and start spring practice and you don't go talk to Nick Saban and ask him for, I don't know, advice or what to expect going into this program. Yeah. Uh, that, I guess you heard what he said there about you know Coach Walmack's supposed to come by and visit with him at some point this week. But he'll just go by there and they'll just have some general conversation about maybe some of the players, the defenses in the SEC, but it's not going to be a regular thing where he's over Coach there. Walmart's going by and visit with Nick. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I would imagine he'll go by and visit the defense coordinator too. Well, that is the defense coordinator. So he's going, he's supposed to go visit with Coach Say, but he said sometime this yeah. week, Coach Say. Well, All right, let's hear, uh, Coach's not going to be picking uh, games, I don't think, on, on game day. I just don't think that's his style. He's certainly not going to be put in a box against picking Alabama games, but uh, well, he, he, picked, he put parameters on that. That's what he would do. When yeah, he let's hear what Coach said about that, uh, Justin. Got a new gig with ESPN College Game Day. I wanted to. I know you don't like hypotheticals, but you're in Tuscaloosa. There's no way you're not picking the tie, right? Well, you know, I've tried to steer away from picking people. I think I'm going to have to do that now, but. Um, 
I don't know that you always have to pick the team you think is going to win. You know, you're you're allowed to have a spiritual feeling about who you like and who you want to win. So um, I think it'll be a lot of fun, though. You think he's going to pick games that I don't, I don't think he should. Yeah. Well, people are going to get – they'll get all mad either way. A lot of times – Especially if, you're leaning, if you feel like you're leaning towards the team. I don't think you should. Yeah. Uh, you know, people uh, make such a big deal. Out of it. Half the time they just play into the crowd trying to get a reaction uh, from the crowd. There. Well, so, they also are thinking about betting. Yeah, but I'm saying coach is not looking at it. Like, I know it. that, but I pointed out, you know, this, I really, this coach has really done an excellent job and all this kind of baloney. And, and the line is about even. Yeah. You go with a team that he bragged on. Yeah. All right, we'll take the break here. We'll get uh, Wendell Hudson in. Tuscaloosa Toyota. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. The 2024s are in. Uh, that Grand Highlander, as Justin's been telling us about that, I got to get by and see that. We got the trucks, the cars, the Camrys, the Ravs, whatever you need. If you go to TuscaloosaToyota.com, you also can see the used inventory they got on the lot. If you're looking to trade in, they'll give you top dollar for your vehicle as well. If you do the schedule of service, you can do it right there at the website, TuscaloosaToyota.com. It's the Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 Traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. You're looking at a 13 to 15 minute drive both directions on Highway 69 between 15th Street and Middle Airy Road. If you're traveling along 2059 from Skyland Boulevard out to the 359 interchange both ways. I guarantee. Text support to 511-511. Morning kick. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Tax fees may apply. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. Another nice day today with blue sky and sunshine. The high 63. Clear tonight below 38. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny. The high 69. Thursday, increasingly cloudy. The chance of a shower by afternoon. The high Thursday, 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center. On Tide 100.9. It's 35 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Mr. SEC Tournament Wimp Sanderson gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room, right here on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside the Locker. Very fortunate. Uh, what a great guy Wendell Hudson is. We get to right to the Yellowwood Highline. Dad, I'll let you bring uh, Wendell. Wendell's always got a smile on his face, uh, always laughing, love talking uh, to Wendell. I'll let you bring Wendell into the show. Well, glad to have Wendell on. We don't call him a lot because he know he's out there playing golf, but uh, <laughs> we want to check with him. And, of course, a great player at Alabama. Did a lot of great things, player of the year, and, well, I ain't got to get into all that. He knows how good he was, but uh, he he's a great been a great friend for a long time. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I, don't want any, I don't want any golf tips though. I don't want okay. any golf tips. <laughs> let me let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I'll bet you anything that the wind out there affects your golf swing as far as your distance of any any place you play. Does it? Uh, hey, I promise you, you are absolutely right. <laughs> That. <laughs> it's always in your face, too, isn't it? Uh, it's always in, like your wind's that. always in your face, isn't it? 
It always seems like that. Yeah, they never downwind. Um, tell I, before before Barry talks to you about stuff. Uh, how is uh, you're so close to Waco? How is Baylor basketball, and how does it compare? I think the league at Alabama is good. I'm, I'm not sure it's as great as it's ever been, but it's good. It's okay. How, how, how good is Baylor basketball compared to the SEC? Well, I, you know, I, I get a chance to watch a lot of the Big Twelve games. And let me tell you, they are, it's a fight every night in the Big 12. I'm telling you, it's been kind of enjoyable watching the Big 12, uh, simply because every night, I mean, it is a battle, and you never know who's going to come out on top. Yeah, I uh, got to watch Houston and Iowa State last night. Man, whew. if you watch the All-Star game, that's the exact opposite of the All-Star game. Uh, when you talk about two teams that uh, get after each other defensively, I don't know if the SEC officials will let you play that physical. That's a physical league, isn't it? And that was some game last night. Well, you know, when you talk, that's one of the reasons why I like watching it. Because Houston and because all of the Big 12, as a matter of fact, Baylor play Houston this weekend, and I, I am trying to get tickets. <laughs> Probably going to end up with some to go over there and watch that one in person, simply because it's going to be such a physical basketball game. And, and TV will show you some of that, but TV can't show you all of the, you know, the bumps away from the ball and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that. Uh, a lot of. Uh... A lot of high school basketball players out there to to go around, aren't they? And of course, we got we got Texas and Oklahoma coming into the league this coming year. Um, I don't know if you've seen Alabama. I'm sure they're they're good again. Uh, but there, but a lot a lot. If you you got to do a good job of selecting the right people, but a lot of a lot of good Texas players out there, aren't they? In, in high schools. Yeah, you guys, you got such a you know, you got such a a large amount of schools and, 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 and talent. Uh, but, you know, it's like anything else in recruiting. You know, ha, you know, a lot of the teams have players from all over the place, and so it's not just going to end up being in Texas. But uh, but compared to the SEC, I mean, I've watched Alabama play a bunch, and I've watched other teams in the SEC. I, I just don't know right now if the SEC had a depth from top to bottom that the Big 12 have, because every night, you know, uh, uh, now – that might not be true because I, I don't I don't get a chance to see necessarily the the bottom section. I don't watch that or the SEC. Yeah. I get a chance uh, to watch all of it in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Talk about your time here at Alabama. Obviously, the first African American uh, player here, uh, Wendell. Just talk about those times and how far we've come. Well, uh, the first thing I'm going to say is, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, Perry, or anybody. When I was a, a young coach. Trying to figure out how to how to coach. Uh, your dad was as good to me as far as helping me develop as a coach as anybody. Uh, we were on the staff together. I um, mean, he would talk to me. We would go to go to different barbecue places. He would get sauce all over his shirt, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and and we would sit down and talk basketball. I'm telling you. And, uh, but but he was as good to me uh, to help me develop as a coach because he was always straight. He was always straight and and, and, and straight without having a frown on his face. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so, no, it was really good to, to help me develop as a 
coach. And, and that was one of the things that uh, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed. The, I mean, I guess I don't talk about a lot. Uh, being at Alabama was the the growth that that he helped me with as a uh, as a coach. Great. Well, it's, yeah. it's easier. It's easier coach uh, help guys that have the ability you had. <laughs> but um, you know, not always the player, but as a coach. Um, Alabama uh, is the best shooting team in the SEC. Um, I can tell you, they get better better looks at threes. Uh, whether that will continue, probably will. Uh, the the three teams that they have played that were really good, they didn't beat, but they came close. Um, what little you've seen of Alabama, any feelings on them? Will, 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 are they, do they live dangerously by, by continuing to shoot the three, which they don't? They shoot the layups as well. I mean, I, uh, defensively, there might be a little bit of a struggle. Inside defense is a little bit of a scary situation for Auburn Wendell. Have you seen enough of them to make any comment? Well, I, I've seen enough of them, and I've watched a lot of other basketball that, you know, and we're, and we're talking about tournament play. And, you know, yeah. we start talking about t- tournament play, and you start talking about the officiating, letting them play a little bit more. You know, I just think that when that happens, you know, uh, just looking at history, you know, teams that might have a little inside game, might have a little little advantage. Now, Alabama yeah. can really shoot the basketball. They can shoot the three-pointer perimeter, but uh, just watching over the current history of, you know, the teams that, you know, move on in the NCAA tournament. Uh, matter of fact, you know, Alabama just, uh, 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 celebrated the Elite Eight team because I know it's a different game today, but yeah. you gotta have a kind of a balance in there. And, uh, uh, that's what I see when I watch basketball, especially yeah. when you're talking about tournament basketball. Yeah. Yeah, you think sometimes tournament basketball does turn in. It's a it's a one and done deal. So uh, the games get more half court. Uh, you know they go inside out. It gets to be a grind, doesn't Wendell? So, but you know, so many times, like if you, if I'm a uh, a team, I don't want to see Connecticut in my bracket. I don't want to have to see a team like that until I can get to the final four. If I can get there, I really don't even want to see uh, Houston or Iowa State, those teams just sit down as lockdown defensively. What, what kind of team do you not want to see uh, in March, Wendell? Well, you just named three of them. <laughs> yes, I don't <laughs> want anything to do with those three. And, and the reason why you just named three of them, and the reason why in March they are so tough and you don't want to see them, because one of the things that uh, they do every night is get after you on the defense of being at the court. Yeah. It's not now, they might not be. I don't, I don't think Houston is a great shooting team, for example. And yeah. and, and Iowa can shoot the ball, and, and, and Connecticut can shoot the ball. But what you get every night is that I know one thing: when I go see, when I watch Houston play, they're gonna get after you on the defensive end of the court. Yeah, you know. And uh, and the other place they're gonna get after mm-hmm. you is on the offensive board. So. Uh, those those are the type of teams you don't want to see, especially with that one and done. <laughs> yeah, especially in Connecticut, like, and they're big and they can shoot it. Uh, but that guy, uh, Coach Hurley, uh, wow, he they run great stuff. Uh, just talk about what you see when you see Connecticut. Well, I've watched them several times this year, and, and I tell you what, they are still playing with that championship swagger. That's what I. That's what I would say. Yeah. You know, they got a culture going. They believe that they can do it. And they believe that they can get it done. 
And, you know, if you don't watch them play, which I don't know how much they get, you know, they're on TV and you can watch them and people watch them, uh, you don't see that they have they have reloaded with players and they do have some of them back. And, they, and they're going to play on both ends of the court. Yeah. yeah. And I think uh, that, uh, watching Alabama play here recently, you know, I think defensively they have picked it up a little bit. It's just yeah. got to be every night. Yeah. Wendell, uh, any of your teammates you can mention that uh, you've talked to or see or try to find out about that, that our listeners would like to know about? Well, uh, you know, it's, uh, we've tried to stay in touch with uh, each other quite a bit. Uh, uh, you know, Leon Douglas is uh, he's coaching in, uh, right now in high school in Alabama. Yeah. Uh, and I talk to him all the time and uh, – uh, Glenn Garrett, who's up in Birmingham, who's really good friends. We we talk all the time, and uh, Paul Lillis and I text because he's out on the golf course playing golf all the time. <laughs> I think, yeah, Paul Paul Lillis has been been eating a lot too. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. eating a lot. But uh, and I talk to guys like that. Uh, Alan House and I stay in touch. You know, so I think. And I, Trying to stay in touch with a lot of those guys. We're getting into that age too. Yeah. Well, we need to stay in touch with each other. Yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Wendell, you've you've seen them come and go at Alabama. Obviously, uh, Coach Saban was uh, remarkable in so many ways. Not just on the field, off the field, in his community as well. Uh, there is no replacement for him. Uh, but if Coach DeBoer called you, you have a lot of experience uh, watching guys come and go at Alabama. <laughs> what would be your suggestion to him uh, in handling this football job? <laughs> you, shouldn't have, you shouldn't have taken it? <laughs> what would you tell him? some big shoes. Yeah. some big shoes. <laughs> yeah. Joy Payday? Uh, what, what would you tell him? Well, uh, you know, one of the things that happened when uh, when, when uh, Nick Saban was hired at Alabama, I was at the press conference. I was in the administration at that particular time, and uh, uh, hey, we we had a really good relationship my whole time there at Alabama. Uh, really good. Matter of fact, uh, when I took over the women's job at Alabama, uh, he was one of the first people to say, "Hey, anything I can do to help you, I will." Yeah, and, and he did, and he did. Not 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 just say that he did. I mean, it was. Uh, I'm out there. I can never forget because he he told me he said, "Hey, if anything I can do." So I I called the secretary and I said, "Hey, uh, I got this recruit coming in town." Da 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 da. da. And I think it was it was the first time LSU when LSU was coming to Alabama to play, and I knew he was busy. And I told the secretary, "I said, look, I know Coach Saban is busy, and because he had, he had talked to several recruits for for me." And I know I said I know he's busy, and so it'll be okay if you don't have time to talk. And it was, uh, she said, okay, I'll get back. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. It wasn't even five minutes, and he uh, she called me back, and he said, she said, hey, bring the recruits by. This was on a Friday afternoon before the football, and I took the recruits by. Uh, uh, well, took one recruit by and her parents. And uh, uh, this is Friday afternoon before the LSU game. And, and this mother was a football coach in her mind. I'll never forget this. She was a football coach. And she started talking uh, defensive schemes. <laughs> 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 and I, I'm sitting there like, 
come on, lady. Let's, I mean, let's go. Let's go. And, and, and the funny thing about it was to me, now that I look back and when I started looking back on it, he engaged her. I mean, they, they had a conversation. The dad is looking at me and he's like, oh, yeah. Was she giving him some coaching advice? Oh, yeah. She oh, was yeah. talking about the skin. Yeah, she was all into it. <laughs> <laughs> but he engaged with her. I mean, they had a conversation, and uh, uh, but but it, you know, you're talking about different the impact that he had, and the impact that any football coach at a school like Alabama would have on the rest of the programs and, and, the, and just the, in general. Uh, so, if I was giving any, any advice, it would be, hey, remember that 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 you are the head coach at the University of Alabama, and what you do will impact not only your team, but everybody else's team. And you can be on either side of that. You can be helpful or not. You know. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. that. Well, I just got a call from somebody wanting to know, Tim Horton, whether you are playing golf left-handed or right-handed. <laughs> they, they, he said you, you'd switch sometimes, would you? <laughs> I, I I did play left hand for a long time. Then I switched to right. <laughs> really? That's hard to yeah, do. I, I'm probably a better golfer left handed than I am right handed. But the problem was that, that when I first started playing, you couldn't find that many left handed clubs. So yeah. uh, you know the styles were not the same. You know you could you could find a bunch of right handed clubs in any kind of club, but left handed clubs were not there. But yeah, I, yeah. I had no question. If you watch me swing a club left-handed, you're gonna think he's a better golfer left-handed than he is right. Wow. Well, why don't you? Well, somebody walks up to you, don't notice that I, I, I'm playing right hand, but I'll tell you what, I'll just play you left-handed. See, I, <laughs> so, he may. He, he may uh, I, well, you know, I, I used to carry a left-handed seven iron in my bag yeah. because you know if I got in trouble and couldn't swing from the right, I always knew I could swing the left-handed yeah. club. Yeah. 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 There you go. Well, those days of Cap Brown and Mr. Thompson, when I'd come up, come up there and try to get all those Parker guys, is long time ago. <laughs> long time ago, you know. And I, I, I've talked to. Uh, uh, I used to go to the Alabama State High School uh, tournament yeah. in Birmingham, and uh, so everybody was like, "Hey, that's illegal," because you, especially when I wasn't coaching. You're not coaching. You got extra personnel on the field. I'm like, look, look, look. I played in this thing. I'm going to watch them. I really enjoyed watching the high school game. Yeah. And uh, so I'm asked all the time about other players. Well, what happened to the talent in Birmingham? Yeah, they moved outside of Birmingham. That's what happened. Yeah, probably yeah. true. Yeah, well, sure did. Yeah. A lot of good players when I was recruiting for other coaches. A lot of good players when I had the good fortune to be there as a coach in Alabama. Well, anyway, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Hope your family is okay. And get back to Birmingham. We'll go out and eat with Stanley. Okay. All right. Good to talk to you all. Uh, always. Thank you, Wendell. Right. Thanks. Uh, there's Wendell Hudson. Uh, always. He's, Wendell's always in a good mood. Uh, he's always <laughs> laughing, always in a good mood. Always a joy to talk to him. All right, let's tell them about a great uh, sponsor. Uh, four locations here in the Tuscaloosa area. They're spread out throughout uh, the state. Bryant Bank. Well, Bryant Bank is an outstanding bank that uh, I've been involved with for a long, long time. I've, I've uh, been involved with 
with Bryant Bank. And when I, as I say, the four locations they have in Tuscaloosa and throughout the state of Alabama, when you walk in, not only see a bank, a nice bank and a well-kept bank, but you also see a great banker. You know, I really haven't mentioned uh, mortgages that you can, you know, borrow the money. Uh, Archie Weaver at Bryant Bank is, is a partner there and can give you uh, a sense of security and, and expectations when you when you go to Bryant Bank to borrow money to to try to get the kind of home that you want. Uh, when the, when you go in there, you you can you can visit with the people and they'll visit with you and they'll know you the next time in there. You can do online banking uh, 24 hours a, a day, which is important. I think the other problem that we're having in, in with with people this day and time, not Bryant Bank, but with people, is the the uh, graft and stuff that people get to, uh, to go into your bank accounts and take your money and, and do things that uh, can hurt you. And I can tell you for sure that Bryant Bank has the kind of insurance that covers everything. They have the kind of knowledge that would be darn sure that... Uh, the, the banking uh, that you do is going to be safe. And, bro, that's important. So my recommendation is you go by Bryant Bank, the locations there, locations in Birmingham, Gulf Shores, a lot of different places. And uh, one in Columbia, I pass there a lot when I come down to, towards the Gulf. So Bryant Bank is outstanding people. Hopefully you'll go by there and tell me you heard on inside the locker room. And I think that you'll find that uh, your your money is safe and you'll be safe going to Bright Bank. All right, we'll open up the phone line 205. Morning kick. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Tax fees may apply. This report is sponsored by AutoZone. Get in the zone. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. Hold on, throw up a 205 I think Royal Cleaners, one of our great sponsors on Inside the Locker Room. You're looking uh, to make your life easy, just dial 205-391-0034. Royal come right to you, pick up all the cleaning, get it all cleaned up, hung up, deliver it right back. If you need to drop off, University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue, North Porter, 4851, Rice Road, right up there by the Publix, uh, right before you get turned right there to go to North River. Uh, so anything that you need cleaning wise, Royal is your choice in this community. Once again, 205-391-0034. All right. Uh, before we get to the SEC games, two games tonight, uh, a few games tomorrow, there are some teams that, uh, have off. I don't remember teams having a week's off, but I guess Auburn's off this week. Uh, so give maybe Jalen Williams some time to heal. But coach, we'll hear one more clip from coach Saban about the state of college football. Uh, he was up in Birmingham yesterday. Spent a lot, spent a lot of time here locally. Now, here's what Coach had to say yesterday about college football. But you know, I have a question to ask, and this is something that's just food for thought for everybody. Um, if Coach Bryan or Coach Bowden could all of a sudden be with us tonight, what the, what would they think of college football right now? But but that should be the very reason that we're all very much committed to what we can do 
to make college football something where players have a great quality of life, but we still have a venue where they have an opportunity to grow and learn and be successful. And I hope I can be a part of, you know, trying to help people that are working hard to make that happen. You know, like Coach, like Greg Sankey, like Greg Byrne, like our conference commissioners are, are trying to do. So that's really, really important for young people. And it's something that we're very much committed to. So, again, I want to thank you for um, being here tonight. I think this is a great venue. Uh, I hope we can continue to do it in the future because there's so many good coaches and so many people that have impacted so many young people so that they can be more successful in life. And that's something that's very, very important about athletics. It's very, very important about coaching. Coaching is teaching. Teaching is ability to inspire learning. And that's something that uh, I have a tremendous amount of pride in. It's something I'm going to miss, those relationships with players. But we are Alabama. So all you Alabama folks out there, we're we're Alabama. And I'm going to pick Alabama every time. All right, there he is. But I think he is concerned about the... uh, the direction college football is going. I don't know the, what he can do to fix it. I don't even know if he wants to fix it. Uh, it it'd probably take a lot uh, and, and a lot of changes there. But I do think he does genuinely care about the student athlete and about the game of college football. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he does. I think he's, uh, you know, he wants to say, he, he wants to say without saying it, that's the reason I got out. Yeah. Now he's not going to say it like that. He's going to make you. He's going to say it. Uh, you know what can we do to improve it? Because you know, uh, Coach Bryan, Coach Bowden would be totally shocked if you were paying players this kind of money to play back, play football or basketball. It, it's unbelievable because of money makes everybody mad at everybody else because they don't have as much, um, and it, it is. A deep-seated problem uh, until we get till we get it. We, we've got to do two things. We've got to get a cap, and we've got to get somebody who's over that cap who administers it in the right way. And then we got to get coaches who go by that cap, but within their leagues, and not try to slip around and do something different. But we've got we've gotten to a point that I'm not sure that'll ever happen though, because the money is we're just buying guys left and right to. You know, we, the selection has to be good, of course. But then, if you get them, the selection by the other people think that same guy can play. So you know, they, then you got a money battle. Huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway, we'll see as he continues to, you know, what his role is uh, there. You obviously have a voice uh, with College Game Day, but we'll see if he uh, has adds to that role as he as we go through and. Uh, can help maybe Commissioner Sankey. You'd be interested to see what comes out of this Big Ten and the SEC getting together. All right, Alabama basketball currently 10 and 2. Uh, so Tennessee is 9 and 3. They had a game, obviously, this week at the midweek. Auburn 9 and 4. South Carolina 9 and 4. Um, Florida also 8 and 4. Kentucky 8 and 4. Uh, Florida comes in, uh, to Coleman Coliseum tomorrow at six o'clock. Not a great time. Uh, usually six o'clock is not, uh, an opportunity to have a great crowd. It's hard for people to get here from Birmingham, but, uh, let's look at tonight's games first. Um, and Alabama's been fortunate, uh, that the teams, uh, you know, that right there with them with Auburn losing over the weekend, uh, South Carolina losing over the weekend tonight, Tennessee, 
is uh, 9-3 uh, at Missouri, who is 0-12. Uh, Missouri has not won a conference game. Tennessee, 11.5-point favorite on the road. You give Missouri any chance to knock off Rick Barnes' team tonight uh, up in Columbia, Missouri. Um, I don't. I don't give them. I don't give them much of a chance to win. I do think the game will be closer than you think. I really do, and I don't know why I think that, uh, but I do. Uh, they got you know lost. There's not many times that you go through a season and lose every conference game. Uh, they're on the verge of it. Um, but I do think that I do think that they're playing. They played hard against Ole Miss. I watched the game. They played their guts out and got beat in them. Just a close one. So I think the game will be closer than you think. If I were Tennessee, I'd be worried sick about the game because uh, get my team ready to play against a team that has not won is very very hard. You can get your team ready to play sometimes a little better. If that team had lost, but now they hadn't won, your kids are kids. Uh, I'd be very concerned about the game, not about about lying, but about about winning or losing the game myself. Yeah, you take a one point win and not even go. All right, the other game, uh, Texas A and M. Uh, you know, they're coming off, uh, two tough losses at, uh, Vanderbilt. And then obviously they got beat 25 here. They got Arkansas at home. It's struggling. Arkansas's three and nine. Uh, A&M still, uh, with an outside chance at six and six. Uh, they're a ten and a half point favorite tonight against the Razorback. Six o'clock ESPN. Uh, you look for Texas A&M to bounce back tonight. Yeah, I do. I don't know if it'd be ten half points, but I, I think it will be. Uh, he's doing everything he can at Arkansas to get these guys on the right page, and I, I don't know that they're going to get on the right page this year. Um, I, I can't really tell, but uh, they they have just gone south so bad. You know, you would think that a team that had ability, that had the the ability that, that they thought they had when they recruited these kids. We'd go through some lulls like all teams do occasionally, but then bounce back and be pretty good, but they haven't. I mean, they, they got, you know, Mississippi State beats them in a close one. Uh, Mississippi State's good defensively, a close one in Starkville. And this game after game after game, they don't win. Um, Alabama just plays them one time this year, and that's the last game of the season. Uh, Auburn has gone into Arkansas and beaten them the worst. And we thought that was a big deal at the time. You know, Arkansas lost at home the biggest score in the history of Arkansas basketball. But since then, the scores may now have gotten bigger, but they, but everybody, you know, and as somebody said to me last night, we were talking about the job situation. They said, well, look, Wimp, he's, they, he's beaten Duke at home, and he's beaten somebody else. I forgot besides Duke. But uh, I said, well, yeah, they did, they did <clears throat> early in the year beat Duke, and and I forget who else they beat, but uh, um, they just they seem to just be. Um, I, I don't want to say Barry. I, don't, I can't. That can't describe it. I don't know. No, I'd say uh, A and M. Yeah, tomorrow <laughs> there's um, a couple games. I don't think that matter that much. Uh, obviously, oh. Georgia at Vanderbilt's nothing. No. Uh, the Florida Alabama game is big, uh, but I just I just. The way Alabama plays at home and the way they shoot the ball, uh, Florida is currently eight and four. Uh, they did with a big win at Georgia. Uh, you give Florida uh, any chance here at six o'clock tomorrow night? Not much. No, 
I don't, I don't give them a lot of chance. Or they, they let LSU back in the game, but had a twenty point lead. That doesn't mean anything. We don't go from game to game, but I, I, I don't think that, I don't think that they're the kind of team that's going to come in here and, you know, you'd be, you're, you're concerned when you go down to games for Alabama does has to go down there. You, you always get concerned and you, you need to be concerned at home because sometimes you could, you know, think you got it made and don't, but, uh, I would say that Alabama wins. I don't know what the line is, but whatever. Yeah, no line out yet. Then the other game uh, that, that could help Alabama is LSU. Is it home? Uh, they got Kentucky coming in. Uh, Kentucky, I think, has a favorable schedule. They get past this game. Uh, it'll be difficult going to Baton Rouge, but I think they're talented enough. Maybe they're on a roll. They're 8 o'clock ESPN. How do you see Kentucky LSU going? Uh, I think Kentucky wins. I think LSU is, is improved uh, offensively and deproved defensively. I don't think they're very good defensively at all. Uh, I think they do some crazy things defensively, but a little bit offensively. I think they've improved to answer your question. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm not the expert on this stuff, but I think they're improved. I don't think they're improved enough to be out to beat Kentucky, even though the game's that. Yeah, look at Kentucky's schedule. They got Alabama at three o'clock on Saturday. Then they're at Mississippi State, Arkansas, Vanderbilt at home, two winnable games, and they finish up uh, the season at Tennessee. So I would think Alabama's schedule is much more favorable uh, than Kentucky's here at the end of the season. I would take. We this- only have we only have one season, uh, one season, one team. In my opinion, I studied about as much as anybody that has the best shot uh, of being fifteen and three, and that's Alabama. And whether they can do that or not, you know, remains to be seen. It was no games are are locked, but they the re, there's nobody else of, of the ones that are in, in contention. The best, the best, the, the most content, uh, team that is, is is in contention with Alabama is Tennessee, and uh, that's that that would be because they're Alabama's playing Tennessee at, at Alabama, and that's that's going to be hard for Tennessee to come in here and win Tennessee. Um, uh, you know, has Auburn at home. I think I'm going over this without seeing any notes. Uh, they have Auburn at home and they have Kentucky at home. So, um, they have to play well both in both those games, but they're games that they should win. So I think it's coming down to a really a more of a Tennessee. Kentucky has a shot if they were to go to Tennessee and win. And if they were to beat Alabama on this coming Saturday, which won't be easy, easy to do at Lexington, even though it's at Lexington, if they were to win those two games, the rest of Kentucky's schedule is easier. All right. Uh, we'll take this break, and then we'll wrap up the show. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We have road work in Northport, northbound 43 at Flatwoods. Left turning lane is being blocked there. No big accidents or breakdowns or heavy backups along 2059 between Fosters and Cottondale. If you're traveling McFarland Boulevard from Coker, passing Lurling Wild. Access to leading edge technology to match your forward thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's Dell.com slash deals. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another nice day today with blue sky and sunshine, the high 63. Clear tonight, the low 38. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high 69. Thursday, increasingly cloudy, the chance of a shower by afternoon, the high Thursday, 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 35 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Inside the locker room with Wimp and Barry on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Beautiful day outside. Supposed to get into the mid-60s today. Uh, sun shining. So get out and enjoy the day. Daddy, any big plans today uh, down in Gulf Shores? Not really. I've got to be sure you. Mom hangs in there. And All right. That's about it. You all have a good day down there. Okay. Bye. All right. Uh, Justin, tonight, or not tonight, this afternoon, 4 o'clock, Alabama's off to a 3-0 and start, knocking off. Uh, Manhattan. The pitching was good, uh, the first two days. Uh, struggled a little bit, 11-8 win, uh, on Sunday. They'll take on Middle Tennessee. Uh, but it's an opportunity for some of these midweek guys to, you know, they trying to figure out their weekend rotation, uh, who they can count on pitching wise. Uh, so another opportunity, four o'clock, Coach Vaughn. Uh, is very high on this team. I think they did a good job in the portal, uh, getting some guys in. They're very excited about this pitchy staff. It's a deep pitchy staff. Just your thoughts about Alabama, Min- Middle Tennessee today at four o'clock out at the Joe. Yeah, I'm excited because I'm, I haven't been able to watch the previous game since we were producing softball all this past weekend. But from what I understand, like you said, the, the depth in, uh, on the mound is, quite good i'm looking forward to seeing what coach vaughn is able to do and they seem to perform pretty well into standard against manhattan this past week yeah justin lebron uh kid jack actually played with him in a summer uh tournament actually it's a fall tournament the kids from i think down in south florida uh but uh starting shortstop uh was sec uh rookie of the week uh had an inside the park home run hit uh over 600 was four or six and they say he's got a uh, great glove there, so he's worth getting out some of the new names. Uh, but remember, Justin LeBron is the uh, shortstop there. We'll see if he moves up in the batting order there. He'd probably be end up being a great leadoff hitter as well. So they're just trying to figure out their team. Look forward to uh, watching these guys play today at 4 o'clock. All right, that's it for today's show. We'll get out of here. We'll make way for the Gary Harris Show. Gary will be in ready to roll. We'll be back with you bright and early tomorrow at 7 a.m. We'll take a deep dive into the Alabama-Florida game. Big, huge game tomorrow at 6 o'clock over in Coleman Coliseum. We'll see if Alabama can keep the unbeaten streak uh, in the conference uh, going here at home. You're just a tied 100.9 and 12.30 a.m. WTVC. It's the home of Alabama sports. Have a great day, everybody.